There's an old adage, which you may have heard before, about pressure. If you want to know what you have with a lump of coal, you subject it to immense pressure. That pressure will do one of two things. It either crumbles and turns to dust, or it thrives and turns into a diamond. In 1976, a film crew descended on a coal town in Kentucky, where coal miners were striking for fair treatment. While put under immense pressure from the coal company, the resulting film, and our subject today, shows just how brilliantly the worker's strong will shone like a diamond. So if you're like me, and you enjoy a film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of bourbon from our friends at Buffalo Trace in Kentucky. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. is a documentary about events of a labor dispute that took place in Kentucky called the Brookside Strike. The strike began when coal miners of the Brookside Mine, employed by the Duke Power Company, wanted to join the United Mine Workers of America, or the UMWA, but were met with resistance from the Duke Power Company. Resident coal miners were looking for fair pay, retirement funding, and job security, among a variety of other things. The workers, along with their families, took to the picket line shortly after a settlement wasn't reached and vowed to stop working until their demands were met. During this time, Barbara Koppel and her film crew joined the cause, capturing an important moment in history a fight for labor and human rights in a place called Harlan County, USA. One of the most interesting things about this film is that it happened by accident, though I suppose you could call it fate. The crew were in Ohio filming a documentary about the race for the presidency of the United Line Workers. They had put in about eight months to a year's worth of work to that project when news reached them of a strike nearby. The strike was just beginning to fester in Harlan County, Kentucky. This happened to be pretty close by, so the crew traveled there to see if they could start filming. 
Due to the fact that this trip was almost tangential in nature, nobody really knew what they were getting into. They arrived at dawn, just as the sun rose over the green hills of the valley, to a sight of police officers and picketers. Mrs. Koppel put this into frame perfectly in an interview, stating, quote, Everybody there carried guns, and the first morning we were there, a guy had a shootout with another guy, and the next day I saw him riding around with a sign on his truck that said, 38s ain't shit, and I knew I was in for a rough ride, end quote. The crew decided to stay, and those striking were cautious about this film crew from New York. It wasn't until striking up conversation that they found that the cameras were on their side. After that, the crew was welcomed in with open arms. Throughout the course of filming, Barbara stayed with the residents in their homes and got to know them better. This undoubtedly aided in the film's atmosphere and empathy and care shown towards the workers and their families. Now, this wasn't the first strike in this region. No, it's suffice to say that Harlan County has been striking with the coal company for a very long time. In fact, one of the first strikes happened in 1931 and resulted in a near 10-year joust between miners and the coal companies who they worked for. This span of time was very violent and led to many deaths and injuries. And the strike got coined as Bloody Harlan County, or the Harlan County War. But all this made me very curious. It made me wonder what all the fuss was about. What is coal? I thought it was a fragile and flammable rock of some sort. In my research, however, I found out otherwise. What I did know about coal is that it consists of a lot of carbon. But that just comes from the earth, right? Apparently, coal originates from a conglomeration of plants, fungi, bacteria, and moisture. This organic meld translates to additives to carbon like arsenic, sulfur, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen, among other things. And remember that adage in the intro about coal turning into diamonds? Well, turns out that adage is actually false. Diamonds come from pure carbon, so given coal's many impurities, it makes it near to impossible for coal to make diamonds, despite all of the pressure and heat it could be succumbed to. I thought that was an interesting find during my research, to understand what coal is, and a bit more about its makeup. And of course, all of those impurities and toxins have a large hand in contributing to black lung. And a thing like black lung might sound like it's sort of a thing of the past or not talked about anymore. However, just through 1970, 
shortly before this documentary was made. Through 2016, just over 75,000 miners died from black lung. That's a lot of lives lost to these toxins from coal. This documentary does such a great job of showing the lives of these coal miners and what they are subjected to and what they've gone through, both in their professional and personal lives. I'm really happy that I was able to watch this film and understand more about this time and place in history. I say that because I found this film by accident. Now, stick with me on this sidebar. I swear we'll get back on track shortly. Just keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times, and we'll be alright. I love most genres of music, but I particularly love metal. I like my metal dark and murky, with some hair on it as well. The deeper, the darker, the broodier, the better for me. My favorite variety of metal is black metal, and for a while I had a goal of discovering one black metal band from each country, if possible. When looking inward at America, however, I discovered a lot of interesting bands and takes on the genre. Within that search, I discovered an album that would inadvertently introduce me to our subject today. It was an album titled Kentucky, and was an effort from the band called Panopticon. Kentucky has a fantastic cover, which features an image of a golden gray overcast sky over green hills and trees, and overlaying that photo of nature is a translucent image of a coal miner and a small boy, appearing almost like ghosts, haunting the landscape. It's a beautiful album with a lot of different sounds, emotional depth communicated through the great music. The overarching theme of the album is the coal industry of Kentucky and the abuse the companies lay bare to the workers and the land. On some songs, there are bits of spoken word interweaving the music, and it's through the messaging of the album, using this historical spoken word, that got me curious. At that time, I had heard stories of coal companies and physical effects miners encountered, but what I was hearing was new. A direct perspective by those affected. In the album, there were mentions of Harlan County, and I wanted to know more about what the band was speaking about and bringing attention to. So after doing a quick Google search of Harlan County, I discovered our subject today. In order to learn more, I pressed play on the documentary. There are archival bits of spoken word, as I said before, but one in particular from the song Black Soot and Red Blood I found particularly poignant, not just in terms of content, but in a manner to illustrate the consistent behavior shown by the coal companies. 
I was pleasantly surprised to find that most of the spoken word found throughout the album came directly from Harlan County, USA, and it was gratifying to put images and faces to the words I had heard. If you're a black metal fan or are just curious, Kentucky is a brilliantly layered, wonderfully moving, and beautiful album. I have to thank Monopticon for piquing my curiosity about this moment in time and this documentary. And speaking of the film, it's quite a harrowing effort by those striking against the coal company and for the crew recording the action. During the course of shooting, the crew and, of course, the picketers were harassed, threatened, beaten, and shot at. Through it all, the brave men and women stood their ground and never faltered. They took up arms and made sure that the company knew they wouldn't back down until their demands were met. Some were arrested and put in jail for defending themselves against the authorities assaulting them. The coal company begins fairly small, but ramps up the pressure and the tactics they use to consistently turn up the tension, turn up the danger, and turn up the stakes. Every person in the strike was heroic, but the women of the town, the wives, sisters, and mothers, are exceptional to me. During the protest, they banded together and protested alongside the men. I found their attitudes and resolve extremely heroic and inspiring. It takes a lot of courage and gusto to stand up for what you believe in, despite the danger and consequences you're faced with. One woman among them, however, stands out to me. An unspoken mother and wife named Lois Scott. Lois is a person of morals and principles, willing to fight for those wronged by the unjust. Her voice is resounding and powerful, inspiring the other women to continue on and stay the course. In many times, she is the voice of reason, and in many cases, the voice of the protest. She is a role model, to be certain. I was drawn to her energy and her aura, and she really inspired me after the film faded to black. Some of the women were arrested during the protest, and during that time, they were taken to court. And after doing my research, I found some very interesting tidbits. For instance, when the women were in court, the film crew was forbidden to film or record audio of the trial. However, despite this, they managed to hook up a small microphone on one of the women, and the film crew managed to crack open the door just enough to get a glimpse of the trial proceedings. It's pretty gutsy and pretty awesome to have a film crew to take this many risks in getting the material that is necessary and important for the topic that they're covering. There is another scene that deals with one of these hidden microphones. 
and it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. It takes place in New York City, where we see picketers protesting the coal company. We see miners on the sidewalk, with signs hanging in the front and back of them, with messaging informing passers-by of their cause. They wear hard hats, and one of them is speaking with a police officer. The co-worker is wearing a hidden microphone, and through it we hear the entirety of the two's conversation. The police officer is shocked to hear about their pay, and explains what the worker thinks is good pay really isn't. They compare the space in the sewer to space in the coal mine shaft. And they talk about several other topics that are very interesting and juxtapose their two worlds. I chose a point in this sequence as the hint for this episode. It's a great moment in the movie, and the shot almost looks like it could be a painting. I think it's really striking pun very much intended. The scene is a great look at two totally different worlds, colliding and comparing notes. I'll try not to spoil too much more of the film. After all, I do want you to press play and get a feel for the entire thing for yourself. In the end, the strike lasted 13 long months and left four dead and several injured or arrested. Harlan County, USA packs quite the experience within its 103-minute duration. The filming of this documentary was a tremendous effort, and I guess you could call it a passion project for Koppel and her crew. It ended up winning the Best Documentary Award at the Academy Awards, and is undoubtedly one of the best documentaries ever made. If you like documentaries or historical films, I highly recommend pressing play on this impactful experience. I don't think you'll be disappointed. If you'd like to watch Harlan County, USA for yourself, you can find it on two streaming services at the time of this recording. For your viewing pleasure, you can find it on the Criterion channel. The Criterion channel is a streaming service of tremendous value from our friends at the Criterion Collection. And it's great for any film fan, offering pricing options of $10.99 per month or $99 per year, which is what I chose to do. You can also find it on HBO Max. HBO Max is a streaming service with a diverse catalog of great TV and film options and includes pricing tiers of either $9.99 per month with ads or $14.99 per month ad-free. I hope this great documentary comes around to other streaming services in the future. It's too important a historical document to be cast away from services like these. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. 
If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There, you'll find more info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema.